Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Father, we just want to thank you so much for who you are and who you've made us unto you. Children, righteous ones, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you for the way you love us and how you care for us. Lord, we appreciate you for all that you do. Thank you, Lord. Father, we've come this afternoon, Lord, not to hear from man, but to hear from you. Lord, there's someone sitting here under the sound of my voice who needs a word. My God, I pray that this person will receive what they've come for this afternoon. They will not leave the same way. And I thank you because you're always faithful to back up your word, to confirm your word. Thank you, Lord. Anoint my lips, Lord. I submit myself to you. And to you alone. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, Pastor Maima introduced me at the first service. And she said, Bishop is not here. I said, that's not the whole truth. Because Bishop is here in me. I don't sound like him. But I look so much like him. (laughs) In the spirit. In the spirit. Today I want to talk to you about erecting memorials. Tomorrow, all over this nation, Memorial Day will be observed. And for some people, they think this is the unofficial beginning of summer. And so people are out in the parks, they they fire up the grill, they're barbecuing, hot dogging, and, and everything, music, and the celebrating. But really, that's not what Memorial Day is about. It's a day of remembrance. It's a day set aside to remember those who sacrificed their lives and defended freedom in this nation so that you and I can enjoy the freedom we enjoy and sometimes we take for granted. All the wars here and abroad, tomorrow we'll be remembering these people. And just in case someone here, you, you are active uh, in the armed forces or you are a veteran, we want to celebrate you if you would just lift up your hand and we want to thank you, we want to honor you. If you're serving in the, in the military currently or you're a veteran, Oh, thank you. I didn't know that. (laughs) Come on, Bethel. We can do better than that. Yeah. Yeah, the armed forces from this nation, they go to other nations. Really, sometimes I say, why are they there? I mean, losing their lives, but they're defending freedom, the one that you and I enjoy here. So we we thank God for you. The Lord bless you for your sacrifice The Lord richly bless you. Now, even as we're talking about Memorial Day, all over this nation, there are memorials and monuments 
set up all over. And these are structures erected to commemorate an event or a person or group, a group of people. Now, when you go down to D.C., for example, you will see the Washington Monument. You will see the Vietnam Memorial Wall, and a lot of people are going to be there this weekend. And then, of course, in recent memory, the 9-11 Memorial in New York. I had the opportunity about two years ago to go there. I mean, it's something... I, I've never been to the World Trade Center before this time, but just going there, and you see this pool with these about 3,000 people who perished in those uh, towers, and their names are uh, inscribed in, I think it's granite, I don't know what kind of stone that is, but their names are there, and then you see the pool, and I mean, it just brings back the memory of 9-11, where you ask yourself, where was I when the first plane hit? And the reason why these structures are put up, these buildings are put up, because they don't want us to forget. I think, and if someone can correct me, in New York, somewhere on those grounds, they have these words inscribed, we will never forget. So monuments, memorials are set up to remind us because the truth is we are a forgetful people. Even events that are important or serious, after some years we forget. But 9-11 will not forget because every year that, that day there's some service held so that we won't forget. And you go right now, they have the One World Trade Center. You will not forget. Now, as believers, we too need to learn to erect memorials. Memorials of the things God has done for us. We easily forget how God blesses us. Even the way you got saved, if you think about it, it was a miracle. It took a miracle for you to get saved. You knew where you were. Some people were in a bar. Some people were in the club. And Jesus took you from the pit. And he washed you up. You cannot forget. You have to establish. You have to erect a memorial. So that you do not forget. Where you were when Jesus found you. And you know what that does for you also? You can have empathy. You can have compassion for those who are not yet saved. Because you have erected this memorial. I knew what I was. I knew where I was when Jesus found me. And now I can call myself a saint. We need to erect memorials. Again, because we have the tendency to forget, especially when we encounter difficulties. And you act as if God didn't answer your prayer yesterday. You act as if God did not intervene when you called upon him yesterday. And so you need a memorial that will remind you, just in case you start complaining, just in case you start murmuring, just in case you get weary. Remember 
what God has done for you. We need to erect memorials that will constantly remind us that our God is awesome, that our God is faithful, especially when the times are rough and you can just look at that memorial and it brings you joy, it brings you courage, it brings you peace. Now, the Word of God is replete with narratives of memorials that were erected to commemorate an event or a people or a person. We don't have time to examine all of those texts, all of the narratives we don't, so I've selected two of them. And hopefully I'll be able to get through those two narratives. The first one is in 1 Samuel chapter 7 from verse 5 to 14. I don't have the time to read it also. I'm going to paraphrase and give you a, a brief background of what that is about. At this time in the life of Israel, uh, uh, Samuel was a judge. Now, he was a judge, not like we know today in a courtroom, not that kind of judge. Israel for a long time did not have a king. And so God raised up this man and one woman, at least that we know, uh, called Deborah. And God used them to rule over Israel, to govern Israel. Now, Israel was in a habit, maybe like us, always falling into sin and, and, and going against the will of God, worshiping idols. And then God will raise up an army to deal with them. He will raise up a nation to deal with them. And then they will come back to God. And they were at this point in their relationship with the Lord, when Samuel talked to them about God and talked to them about their ways, and Israel repented. And the, the, the word, the narrative goes on to tell us that, that Samuel gathered the people at a place called Mizpah after they repented. But then the Philistines, who were the chief enemy of, of Israel, heard that Israel was gathering. And they thought Israel was preparing to come against them, to war against them. And they said, oh no, we're not going to sit back and allow this to happen. We was, was strike, a preemptive strike. But Israel was not preparing to fight them. Israel was afraid because these people were ruthless. These people were oppressive and they were large. It was a large army. Israel by no way could stand uh, facing these people and fighting and winning. And in their fear, they went to Samuel and said, Samuel, please pray for us that something will happen, that God will intervene. And the, the, the story goes on that Samuel took a, a lamb and he slaughtered it, offered a sacrifice unto God, and Samuel prayed for the people. And then the word tells us that there was a huge thunder from heaven from God in the camp of the Philistines. And the Philistines started to run, some of them died, and Israel pursued them. And that day, Israel won a mighty victory. And so Samuel, he did not want them to forget. 
just in case Israel thought it was their strength, just in case Israel thought it was their ingenuity, just in case Israel made the mistake to think it was in their own ability, their strategies, war strategies. And so he established a memorial and he called it Ebenezer. Thus far, the Lord has brought us. So he was celebrating not just the victory, but who was behind the victory? That it is the Lord Israel. You cannot afford to forget that it was not you. It was the Lord who gave you victory. We need memorials to constantly remind us. Because sometimes we forget. You thought you accomplished that thing. You thought you were smart, and it was because of your smarts that you got that job. I want to tell you today, no, it had nothing to do with your brains. It had to do with favor from God. And you cannot forget. You can never forget, even in the minute things. It is the Lord. It is he who wakes us up to even go to the jobs that we have. You cannot forget. So you need to erect a memorial. Now, the second narrative I want to look at is Joshua chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. And it's talking about the crossing of the River Jordan into the promised land. God had promised Israel this land. But just at the threshold of the promised land, what stood between Israel and the promised land was the River Jordan. And at this time of the year, the River Jordan is known to be ferocious and, and strong. The currents are strong. But at this point of the year, the River Jordan was overflowing its banks. So it was treacherous to attempt crossing. It, it, it will be a death sentence if you dare cross. But as Joshua was seeking God, God said to Joshua, let the priest go in. Let the priest step in the waters. And as the priest took the ark, which represented the presence of God, and they stepped into the waters, suddenly the waters of the Jordan parted. All the presence of God will cause anything to part. I don't care what mountain is in your way. The presence of the Lord. I like what Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts was an evangelist. Maybe some of you don't know him out of Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said, if God should say to him, Oral, run to that wall. He said he will go all the way back and he will run so fast and he will get to the wall believing that God will put a hole in the wall for him to run through. That's the God we serve. And so it doesn't matter, let the Jordan overflow. I don't know what Jordan is in your life that is overflowing. And it seems as if it's about to keep you from the promises of God. Let the Jordan overflow. The spirit of God is with you. And when you get to the banks of the river Jordan, that water must part. We need to erect memorials that will constantly remind us. And so, 
God said to Joshua, Joshua, now that you have crossed, I want you to take 12 stones from the riverbed, the place that you just walked through. I want you to take 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And God said, Joshua, I want you to build a memorial so Israel will never forget this mighty work because before then it was the Red Sea that parted. This time it's the Jordan. God said, I don't want you to forget. And it's not just for the present, but it's also for the future. So when your kids see these stones and they say, what mean is this? You can say to them, there was a time when we got to the Jordan and the Jordan was overflowing and we looked to the left and we looked to the right. There were, there were no boats to cross and our God made a way through the Jordan. That which looked so difficult, that which was insurmountable, the Lord made a way through it. I want you to remember Israel and our want the generations to come to remember we need to erect memorials you see it's just like God when God defeats the enemy utterly God allows us to take something from that place, to take something from that event, to take something from that experience and, and use that very thing to erect an altar. The place of the enemy's defeat, God wants you to erect an altar so you don't forget that at this place, the enemy was whipped. Just like God. You see those cars that you carry on your body, whether it's physical or emotional, those cars can become a memorial. We think scars are bad and we try to cover our scars, whether they're physical or the emotional, we try to cover them. You don't have to cover your scars. You know what your scar says? You've been somewhere, you've been through some things and you are an overcomer. Those scars are trophies, they are trophies. I have a scar on my leg, I can't show it to you. I think I was about 11. And we were then living in La Côte d'Ivoire and we're packing up to go back home. My dad, my, my mom, my dad, and we had some crates in the, in the living room. And it had a wire, there were some wires, and my brother, uh, I love you brother, just in case you're listening. <laughs> and he kind of pushed me into it. And I think gash at me, it just took away my skin. But after a while, it healed. But the scar is still there. That scar says to me, you've been through something. And you are healed. The body is saying, this scar says to you that you've been through some things and now you're healed. We need to, so that scar can become a memorial. You see, your past life, before you came to Christ, that can also become a memorial. No matter whether your life was like that of the woman at the well that Jesus met, or like Rahab's life, you know, we have a tendency in church, after we come to church, we like to cover our past. I don't want anybody to know my past. 
Girl, that is your trophy. That is your memorial. That God look at where he brought me from. I used to be like the woman at the well. Five husbands and the one I'm with is not even my husband. But see where I am today. The Lord delivered me. So you know, wear it like a badge of honor to the glory of the one who delivered you. We need to establish, we need to erect memorials. You know, your current situation, I don't know who I'm talking to this afternoon. That situation that you're going through and, and you feel like you're going to go under if something doesn't happen immediately. Even that struggle can become a memorial. Because when God brings you through and he will bring you through. If you go through the waters, the waters will not swallow you. If you go through the fire, the fire will not kindle upon you because I am with you. Just like the three Hebrew boys who were thrown into the fiery furnace and they came out and the Bible said not even smoke was smelling on them. God is going to bring you through that thing and you need to erect a memorial that you never forget. I was sharing with the early, early service that I got some memorials. I don't know if I, well, the second service gives you a little bit of time, so maybe I'll share three with you. You don't even know what I'm about to say. <laughs> I remember the first, and I built, I have three strong memorials that I've erected to remember God's faithfulness and goodness. I was an A student in high school. I was the val of my class. Uh, I did exceptionally well. I won awards, and I mean, I was just great. And then I went off to college. You know, in high school, because I was so smart, I didn't have to put a lot of effort, just a little bit. And I thought college was the same. Nobody told me college was different. Every professor think their class is the only class. And that first semester, I flunked. I went on probation. Uh, talking about me. <laughs> and I was on scholarship. I knew that the next semester, I did not have that scholarship. So for about three months, I prayed. Ooh, I prayed. I don't think I've ever prayed like that in my life because I didn't want my dad to kill me. My dad was so much about education. And here is his child on probation at the university. I did not even want that word to get to my dad. So I prayed. I said, God, deliver me. I prayed the 12 o'clock prayer, the 2 o'clock prayer, the 3 o'clock, all the prayers I prayed. Supplication, intercession, all the prayers that were there in this world. I prayed it. And then it was time to register. The semester has started. And it's not like today where you can go online and register. We had lines, but they were physical lines with paper, no computers. And 
and I walked on campus in my heart. I mean, my heart sank because I, I knew I had no scholarship and I didn't tell my dad. So there was no provision for that semester. But anyway, we got there and there was this commotion and people were saying, oh no, I'm supposed to be on the list. And so the guy who, um, who was manning the table said to us, go to the Ministry of Education. It's kind of like the, the, um, the Department of Education. Go there and let the minister write a letter confirming that you all can register. In my heart, I knew I had no scholarship. I jumped behind the group and we went running to the, the deputy minister's office and everybody was talking and I was talking to. In my heart, knowing, girl, you fell, you flunked. You messed up. I didn't know about faith then, but now in hindsight, I was operating in faith. And so we got there, and the deputy minister, after a while, he wrote a note. He said, go back on campus and tell them to let you all register. The, with the exception of those who have graduated, let everybody, oh, everybody, that, that included me. The one who was on probation, the one who messed up. So I joined the group and I mean, I was so pulled down with my card. I got there and I put it on the desk and the guy said, uh, Chris, I was going to say Chris Johnson, Chris, I met and I said, yes, sir. And he said, okay, you registered. I got all my papers. I had all my classes and I was celebrating. Hallelujah. And then after two months, I got a note and say, young lady, <laughs> you know you failed. I mean, that's my interpretation of the letter. You know you didn't do well, but we're giving you another chance. We're giving you a second chance. And my God, I got it all together. I fasted, I prayed, I got tutors, I got it all together, and I made the dean's lace until I graduated. So, I, I have that as a memorial. Now, there's something powerful about recalling your experiences with God. There's something powerful about doing that because you, know, you don't have to write your memorial on a stone. You don't have to erect a stone, a wall, a statue, a building, but you can write, you can erect that memorial. You can, trans you can inscribe that memorial on the, on the plate of your heart, the tablet of your heart. You can inscribe, you can engrave, you can etch that memorial in your mind so you never forget like I'm telling you now and this happened I'm not going to tell you how many years ago so nobody be guessing my age when I was in college but I was back in the day no computers y'all so so you 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 go figure <laughs> there's something powerful even as I'm rehearsing this, in my heart, my spirit man is leaping that this God we serve is faithful. 
God is so faithful. Somebody needs to hear it. I don't care what you're dealing with. It looks bad right now. But your God, keep standing. Keep trusting. Your God is so faithful. And he will come through for you. And God will give you something so that you too can erect a memorial. So there's something powerful about recalling the events. You know what I just shared, to, shared with you? When it happened, I was rejoicing and I didn't even pay attention to the details. But one day there was a guy in the, in the admin office, a good friend of mine, and as we were talking, and I started to relay to him all that happened to me, and how I didn't do well, but I maintained the scholarship. Uh, he wasn't even a believer, but I used that opportunity to talk to him. And he said, you know what happened? He said, for the first time, all the teachers, all the teachers did not turn their grace in on time. That's when I realized that that prayer I was praying, all those hours of praying, just like God shut the mouth of the lions when Daniel was in the lions den. I mean, God tied the hands of my professors. You know, we miss out on the details. We celebrate the big ones, the jubilation. We miss out on the details. I want to talk a little bit to Joshua and the children of Israel. How did you, Joshua? No military experience, no weapons, but you were able to bring the wall of Jericho down. How did you do it, Joshua? In fact, I learned that the walls of Jericho was, were massive. They were so thick. They were so wide. You could drive four cars side by side. Maybe kind of like the beltway. But those walls came down. I know they celebrated, but they did stop to think. The details, and that's what happens when you rehearse all that God has done for you. It hits you in the face, my God, what, did, what just happened? It had to be God. I want to talk a little bit to Joseph. Joseph was a foreigner. He was a Jew in Egypt. How did Joseph make it all the way to become the prime minister? You know, we can't really appreciate this. It's like me from Liberia coming to the U.S. and suddenly I become the secretary of state. Man, I would like that position, you know. <laughs> the secretary of state. How did that happen, Joseph? It was the Lord. It was the Lord. So when we have these kinds of experiences, we need to erect a memorial. Some of you sitting here, you have jobs you didn't qualify for. You are living in places you didn't qualify for. How did you get there? Did you stop to think about the details? Not the big, yeah, the big stories are wonderful, but the details. How did it happen? It helps to recall your experiences with God. 
It helps to recall because you can appreciate where you are. You know you didn't deserve it. You know you didn't qualify. You know you were a foreigner, you became prime minister. You know you had no military experience, yet you led the children of Israel against the city of Jericho and brought the walls down. You know you didn't qualify. But when you rehearse, when you, when you um, recall, you begin to appreciate the details and how God takes time to intervene in our situation. Oh, the scripture tells me he works all things for good to those who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. He works everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, God has a way. Several years ago, we lost a very dear brother, and I was so disturbed. I said he was too young. Lord, why? And I was so disturbed. And one night, as I was listening to the radio, this guy came on. And he said, you know, life is like a tapestry. It depends from what vantage point you are looking at the tapestry. We are under, and so we see a bunch of yarns going everywhere. Colorful yarns, yes, but it makes absolutely no sense because that is your vantage point. But if you were to see from God's vantage point, you see a beautiful picture on that tapestry. And so sometimes when God brings you up, not even sometimes, all the time, when God brings you up, brings you out, stop and consider the details of the mighty outstretched hand of God on your behalf. You need to erect a memorial. Now, recalling also helps to build your faith to enlarge your faith, to say to you, if this God who parted the Red Sea, if this God who parted the Jordan and caused it to be dry ground, if this God could bring water out of the rock, what can't he do? My current situation is no match for God. And so it builds your faith. It causes you to have confidence, complete, absolute, total confidence in your God. And I'm reminded of the story of David in 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 37. The children of Israel were surrounded by the Philistines. They were on one side on a hill and the Philistines were another and they had a valley between them. And out of the Philistines, there was this big guy. He was like a monster. He was huge. Uh, and he would come out every day and defy the armies of the living God. He didn't call them the armies of the living God. You know, situations have a way of making you feel small. So he called them Saul's servants, even though they were the army of the, the, the living God. But he called them Saul's servants. He called them dogs. He called them names. He said, send one person. And if, because he knew he was so powerful, and that's how our situations are. They're looming. They're huge. And they cause us to be intimidated. Just their presence will intimidate you. 
And so this little boy called David, he was a shepherd out in the field. Nobody knew him. He came to town to minister to his brothers. And he said, what's going on here? I like when people are bold. What's going on here? And they said, well, you know, everybody is afraid. Even Saul himself is afraid. This Goliath comes out and he defies the armies of God. And, 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 and David said, what? Who is he? How dare he? And he said, what is the king going to do for the one who takes down Goliath? And they told David that they gave him the thing about the package, the, the wife, all the, the kingdom, and all of that. And David really was not interested in all of that. That was bonus. I like when you get to a place in God where some things are bonuses. Because what David was really concerned about was, the rede was redeeming the name of Jehovah. That this uncircumcised Philistine will stand before the living God and defy the living God. How dare he? And David said, oh no, I'm going to take him on. Come on, Goliath. And the story goes to tell us that uh, David went to the a brook and he picked up five stones. Five stones. In fact, Saul wanted David to wear his armor. And David said, I can't fight in this. I'm not accustomed to this. So I got my sling. And I got the five stones. That I'm familiar with. I can use it effectively. And then David said, to, so Saul said, David, can you, can you, I mean, we have a whole army. I as king, and I'm adding my piece, I, I as king, I'm even afraid of Goliath, and you little shepherd boy. And David said something so powerful. He said, king, when the lion came after my sheep, he said, with my bare hands, I tore the lion to pieces. When the bear came after my flock, with my bare hands, I killed the bear. And he said, this same God who protected me from the paws of the lion, from the paws of the bear, this same God, he is able to protect me when I face Goliath. You know, David had a memorial, and he could go to that memorial. I like to say, he, he took that memorial out so fast, like a gunslinger in the West. He took it out so fast. He remembered what God had done for him in the past. That if God gave me victory over the bear, if God gave me victory over the lion, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? As I was reading that, it was so funny. Uh, I said, oh, David is something else. You know, it seems as if the lion was not uncircumcised, the bear not uncircumcised, but this Goliath. I like it when people speak boldly to their situations. Goliath, you can't intimidate me. I took on the bear, I won. I took on the lion, I won. Who are you? And so he took his five stones. And he went against Goliath, believing in God, because he had erected a memorial that brought about confidence in this God, when he remembered how God delivered him. And he took one shot 
at Goliath. He didn't even need all, all five stones. Somebody said Goliath was so big, David could not miss. So when you are dealing with gigantic problems, don't let them intimidate you. I mean, you just can't miss when you hit it with the word of God, when you hit it with the name of Jesus, when you hit it with prayer. Let it loom large. Let it, let, let, it, let it seem as if it is a formidable foe. The bigger the problem, the louder it will fall. And so David's confidence arose as he began to remember uh, um, uh, what God did for him in the past. As he was rehearsing, his faith went to another level. He didn't see himself as a shepherd boy. He saw himself as an instrument in God's hand to bring Goliath down and, and to deliver the children of Israel. And at the name of his God, will be exalted. People, we need memorials that will remind us. I said, I have three. Let me share another one with you. She said, go ahead. <laughs> the memorial of my marriage. You know, when you are young, oh yeah, everybody woke up now. Those who are sleeping, they're up. Ready to listen, ishi ears. <laughs> the memorial of my marriage. You know, when you're young, you're about to be done with college. The next thing on your mind is, where's the guy? Marriage. But I was still all into that anyway. Yeah, right. Anyway, no, true. <laughs> And so my friends will read books, the will of God for your life, and somewhere there they're talking about marriage. And once somebody asked me, said, Chris, how come we never hear you? When we talk about marriage, we don't hear you. Are you not interested in being married? I said, oh, no. When the day comes, huh? I will be at the altar, dressed, my bridesmaids, my groomsmen, and God will deliver him to me on a silver platter. That's what I said. And you know that word came to pass. God delivered this man on a silver platter. He got delivered before he even knew he got delivered. <laughs> you think I'll forget? What other situation will I face if God cannot deliver Goliath's head on a platter to me? My salvation experience is another memorial that I've erected. I mean, God miraculously. I grew up in a home very religious, but no concept of salvation. I didn't have that. Nobody shared the gospel with me. We talked about good works, but we thought we all were going to heaven because we believed in Jesus. And then I was sick one day, and God himself stepped in. One night, 
I mean, I have never heard such music. My dad was a musician, so I was around music. So I know a thing or two about music. But the music I heard that night was heavenly. The music was coming from above. The music was coming from around me. The music was coming from under the ground. And all I heard was, worthy is the lamb that was slain. I had never read that in the Bible. Never. If you have time, I will tell you the full story. And that's how I got delivered. And I, I'm telling you about details. And I look back, God orchestrated everything. It was like God was saying to me, you are going to get saved like it or not. So he put me in a room. I went to college. My roommate was born again. And not just born again. She was born again, born again, born again. <laughs> the kind that, witness, that will witness a soul a day. And you know she didn't leave me alone. Oh, man, girlfriend bought books. She bought Bible. She invited me to everything she was going to. And, and I mean, even the way we became roommates, I mean, orchestrated by God. How can I forget? This is a memorial. And if I were a sinner and he went looking for me, seeking me, taking time to find me out and to deliver me surely, now that I'm his child, what can't he do for me? That is my memorial. You too, you need to establish memorials. Look at your life. Begin with salvation. Look at the things God has done for you and begin to establish those things as a memorial. Inscribe them on the tablet of your heart. Remember them. Rehearse them so that you never forget because that is the purpose of memorial, to help us never to forget. My God. Yeah, I still struggle sometimes with unbelief, but then I whip out. And you know, these memorials, they're not for God. I'm not bringing them out to say, God, no, no, no. They are for me to remember what he has done, what he is capable of doing, and what he wants to do because now I am his child. We need to build memorials to help us never to forget where the Lord brought us from. You know, as I was preparing, I, I was reminded that God himself erected a memorial. And that memorial is the cross of Jesus Christ. The Lord erected the cross. It was not man's doing. It had already been prophesied that he would die on a tree. And so God erected that memorial. So you and I who are born again, whenever we see the cross, we're reminded of God's love. We're reminded that God, God is eternal. We're, re we're reminded that God is a promise keeper. He prophesied this in Isaiah and he brought it to pass that God is able to deliver. God is faithful. Every time we look at the cross that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace fell upon him and by his stripes we are healed. 
that God does not just heal our souls, but he heals our bodies too. Every time we see the cross, we remind that God erected that memorial and to also say to us that God snatched the power from death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? We don't have to be afraid of death because on the cross, that memorial, God utterly whip the enemy when I was a little girl I grew up in in an area where we had snakes and sometimes maybe people don't kill snakes I didn't kill it I was too ooh, I was too afraid to kill no snake but people the, the, the guys came and killed the snakes even though the snake is has been killed but it's still moving it's still wiggling and, 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 and on the ground. And that's how I thought this thing was dead. And that's how the enemy is. He has no head. Jesus crushed his head. And so the cross erected so that we will remember. We don't have to be afraid of demons because Jesus whipped their Lord on the cross. We don't have to be afraid of calamity because we are redeemed. He's translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We don't have to be afraid of judgment because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Look at the cross that which the father himself erected. And then Jesus took it further. And he said, this is my body which was broken for you. This is my blood, which was shed for you. And Jesus erected a memorial. He said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. I don't want you to forget what I did for you. I shed my blood for you. My body was broken for you. Not only do you not, re do you not, not remember, but I want you to appropriate all that comes with salvation. Church, we need to erect memorials. I said to the early service, no memorial erects itself. No monument erects itself. Behind that structure, there's an architect. There's a builder with a plan in his hand, a blueprint. And our God is the architect of our lives. He has a blueprint. He has a plan. Didn't he say that the plans I have for you are good? Not to do you evil, but to do you good. To give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for your life. So let the winds blow. Let the enemy do whatever he wants to do. God got you. Because his plan for your life must come to pass. We need to remember that those memorials we're building, we're not building alone. God is in there. God is giving us materials. Some of the situations you've been through, God is giving you materials. And then how he intervenes, God is giving you material so that you and him together can build this memorial.
And when God builds the memorial, it is eternal. It does not crumble. In fact, some time ago, there was an earthquake in D.C. in this area, and, and one of the buildings downtown got shaken and, and crumbled. They had to repair. Oh, but when God builds a memorial, no, no earthquake can shake it. <laughs> that memorial is firm. Look at your experiences, even those that are painful. He is in it with you. Didn't he say if you go through the waters, the waters will not swallow you. If you go through the fire, the fire will not kindle upon you. He said, Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And you and God, you are building these memorials. I got a whole lot, but the, these three I cherish. You find your memorials. If you haven't, you say, well, I don't know. Everybody here, if you are a child, even if you're not a child of God, God has done something for you that you can take and begin to build your memorials so that the next time the Goliaths of this life present themselves and begin to threaten you and begin to call you the army of Saul. You look him in the face when you pull out those memorials. Look him in the face and say, how dare you uncircumcised Philistine? I got your head. <laughs> I got your head. May the Lord grant us grace. Even as we run this race to build memorials along the road of life, build them. You're not building alone. He is with you. He's in it. He's supplying the, the materials you need to build. Every time you come through a situation, God brings you out. That is a memorial. And put it there. Every time another one comes, you, 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 you cooperate with the Spirit. And you can look back. And says, surely, like Jacob said, God was with me and I didn't even know it. The Lord gave us grace, church, to remember that our God is the God. And every opportunity he has, he gives us materials to erect memorials. Father, we thank you. Lord, you love us. You didn't have to do any of these things for us. But Lord, your love for us is so strong. You can't help loving us. And we say thank you. Lord, we are grateful. We are so grateful that you've taken time to provide us with materials, even that which hurts, even that those situations we thought were going under, and you reached down like Peter, you lifted us up out of the water, and we walked with you to the boat, to safety. Lord, you're giving us those things that we may build memorials. So tomorrow when our children ask, what mean is this? We can say the Lord brought us out Lord as a church help us to build memorials so when a tough times come and it seems as if we cannot build this building we will remember that we were but few oh 
when you gave us that building on Georgia Avenue. Lord, that ground stands as a memorial of your faithfulness. Oh, somebody needs to hear me. Somebody needs to hear me. That situation in your life, you thought it was all over. That is a memorial God is building with you. You just cannot see. You just cannot see. But he is building with you. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Is there someone here under the sound of my voice? You don't have anything to build with. Because you don't have relationship with Jesus. You've gone through stuff. But you could not build a memorial because God was not in it with you. His spirit was not there. The architect, the builder, the one who has the blueprint, the master print, <laughs> he's not with you in there. But today you can make a decision that I want God to become that builder. I want God's plan for my life. I want to walk in and the truth is God loves you and he already has a plan for your life. In eternity past, God saw you. He looked through the corridor of time and he saw that you would be born. He saw that on this day you would be sitting in this church. Ah, God is giving you an opportunity to surrender your heart to Jesus. Is there anyone all eyes closed, please, to make it easy for, for those who would like to give their hearts to Jesus. Don't let this opportunity pass. You need the memorial. So when the tough times come, you can reflect. You can fall back on what he has done for you. Anybody wants to receive Jesus? You can just slip up your hand after the service. I'll be right there and I'll talk to you. Church, the Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.bethelcityofhope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.